Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. My name is Micah. My name Macaw. is Jordan Macaw. This is the podcast that exists to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. And this is an unprecedented episode. It is. And so I was going to say this as well. So it is a Jordan classic. It's a staple of our show. I'm sick. If what you have you? your if you have your bingo card. I'm not card. that sick anymore, but I am. Uh-huh. But drum roll. <laughs> Micah is also sick. Yes. I don't know that we've done Miley, a recording. Did you start the timer on this? Uh, I did not, but I remembered what time she went to bed. I'm going to add it later. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is this is unprecedented. We are in uncharted waters, I believe. Um, I'm sick and uh, feeling terrible. I'm mm-hmm. having, having a, you know, my brain is not working well. Uh, and, of course, Talia decided last night was the perfect night to not sleep. Mm-hmm. Even though she's, like, the best sleeper in the world, she's like, but no, not tonight. Mm. And so um, I'm in a... I'm in a delicate place, a very delicate place, as mm-hmm. as I'm sure you are, but you seem to be handling it a lot better than better than. Well, me. it's like Pam said on the office: when one person's freaking out, it makes the other one feel weirdly calm. Yeah, I think that's me. I am losing. I'm out of my gourd right now. <laughs> but uh, we're here to finish up, sort of, uh, our first series of the year, which is the Ocean's movies. Um. And today we're talking about Ocean's 13. So Jordan, tell me about your first experience with Ocean's 13. I think I watched this movie when you gave me that big stack of DVDs. Oh yeah, classic. Years ago. And this felt like watching the movie for the first time. The only thing I remember is Matt Damon trying to drink yeah. with a nose. Yeah. Um, For me, I definitely saw it in theaters. Uh, I believe, I'm sure Shane was there. Mm-hmm. I think I went with the O'Hara's. I'm pretty sure. Jack, maybe you can confirm or deny this. So you were middle school? Yes, because this came out when we were eighth graders, right? 2007, depends on what time of the year. Oh, June 2007. So it'd be... Um, we are becoming eighth graders. Becoming eighth graders, yes. And we went and we're saw this. We're coming of age, as you, uh, if you, <laughs> whatever you say. Going from Mrs. Weekly to Mr. Reed. Okay. <laughs> oh, For I me, should... it was Mrs. McMahon. Ah. From Miss Jones to Mrs. McMahon. Ah, wow. Um, yeah, and so went and saw this movie. Absolutely loved it. And as you've heard with the other two movies, became a staple at the Macaw House. Um, we were shocked to find the other night when we turned this in onto the DVD that this is a movie where the DVD quality is really bad. We oh, wound it up was renting unwatchable. This. Yeah, we rented it even though we had the DVD. It was so bad. It was crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just feels like there was a weird period where, like, if you have a DVD that's within, like, a five-year gap, it's going to be the worst quality in the world. It's like the same su- supplier or yeah. whoever. Or, and it's, like, before Blu-ray really took off, yeah. but, like, nobody... Everyone kind of still thought maybe Blu-ray was just a, a scam. Yeah, I did. I did at the time. And, uh, and, you know, it's like you didn't have, like, the best TVs in the world at home. And yep. so now it's, like... Like this on the old TV we used to watch on, I'm sure it looked great. Yeah. But like when you watch it on a high definition, like 4K TV, it looks terrible. Yeah. So we did wind up renting it from YouTube.com. Um, and uh, yeah, this is this is a, a fave move of mine. Um, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be talking about how good it is throughout. Okay. Um, promise? I promise you. I promise okay. you. So once again, we have... I do think, uh-huh. since we're just talking about... Yeah the movie <laughs> please uh this is the weakest one easily in my yeah. opinion 
I still enjoyed it very much, but uh, and I was sick while watching it. Uh huh. Um, but it is the least funniest movie in my opinion. I was still a, funny. Yeah, not I was funny. a little surprised that on this rewatch, I would not even go so far as to say it really like slipped down that much, but I was just like, I noticed that it was a little bit lesser in quality, and it yeah to me it had more to do with like like you're saying it just felt like there. The rapport between all the actors is still there, but they're doing they're doing a little bit less with it than they have in the other two movies. I and I think that's strictly it for me. That's why this movie is just I'm a little bit below. Kind of wondering if the premise for me is just not doesn't hold hold up. Oh, I love like the premise. The other two, in my opinion, I I like and yeah. I like the the heist. I like what they do. I think it's all very entertaining, and, and so I'm not even saying it's bad. Yeah, I'm not. But I, I think it just didn't grip me in the same way as the other two sure i think pacino just really takes this oh, movie he's great if if it wasn't pacino maybe this movie would yeah. really be suffering but he's so good uh, yeah the just the the relationship between the characters really covers it through and um i discovered something shocking that i had not heard that is that george clooney is even more handsome in each movie you see yeah he might be the most handsome in this one because he's just which is yeah i don't know there's almost something about the fact that he has even less dialogue and he's just kind of walking around looking at people that you're like, damn, Hot this tea, man tea. looks good. <laughs> uh, but I found out something shocking that's pretty exciting to me. Let's talk about it right now. I'm going to. Um, in an interview on December 13th, George Clooney said something pretty... Of 2023? Of this, well, of last month. Because, uh, you know, this episode's coming out in January. Uh, yeah, so... I when we were watching this movie, I was like, you know what? Somebody, somebody needs to make a movie that has Matt Damon, Brad Pitt, and George Clooney again. We need like one more hurrah with these guys. It doesn't necessarily have to be Oceans, but we need these these guys together because when they're acting together, it's just kind of electric in a way that I can't cite any other examples uh, that that are like to this caliber. And maybe it's because I watched these movies on repeat when I was a kid, but it just feels so iconic to me. Um, when you were a kid watching these movies, did you think you could ever be as cool as any of these people? I don't think I did. Yeah. I don't think I did. No one can. No. I, I think you're a fool to believe that you <laughs> could do that. Um, but I found out that George Clooney said in this interview, he said, there's a script for another Oceans movie, and it's fantastic. Wow. Cool. And I'm like, okay, that's a little bit scary. Yeah. But I get, I, you can see I have a huge that's smile on said? my face. Well, and um, he said, you know, something along the lines of like, not sure how, if, if it'll happen or whatnot, but but it's, you know, we're thinking about it and tossing it around. And I know that Matt Damon has expressed interest in returning. I think Pitt has. I'm not sure. I'm sure he would get on board, though. Um, and I, I did find out that after this movie, Soderbergh was like thinking about and working on another movie. Th thinking about another Oceans movie, but then Bernie Mac died, and they didn't do it. Oh, okay. And then they did Oceans 8, um, and then there's something else we're going to talk about that shocked me okay. to my core. Uh, but then this thing came out with with um, George, and and like in 2021, Cheadle had said that Soderbergh was working on an Oceans movie. That's pretty recent. And so I think it would be like an Oceans movie directed by Steven Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Whoa! I know who directs the Ocean Ocean's Eight. I know we'll find out. Gary next Gary Ross. Who's that? Uh, 
maybe one of the worst ideas for someone to direct a movie. Oh, we'll we'll talk about it next, it next week. week. Okay. It's just strictly I a studio filmmaker sure. who doesn't have auteur this in their blood. This feels like we're done with the series today. That's yeah. how yeah. much I'm forgetting of Ocean's 8. Yeah. And it sucks that we have to watch that. It, it will be it'll fun be, to finally be get it. interesting for sure. Yeah. Having watched the other ones so like back to back to back. Yeah. To, but, but, but the takeaway that I always see from people is like, it, this movie isn't that bad. It's just not directed by Soderbergh. So it kind of sucks. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It's like, it just doesn't have the flair that like he puts into these movies. I just always think of the Sunny episode when they do the, the boss hogs. Or, well, that's not his name, but they do the the plane, the drinking beer on the plane, but it's the girls' reboot. Oh, um, uh, Bo- what is it? Isn't Boss Hogs the Dukes of Hazard guy that that um the D keeps talking about? I think so. Anyway, they do a girls' reboot. Boggs beat Boggs. They're trying to beat Boggs. That's the yeah b- baseball player's last and name. And they ke- all the other women are just keep saying like, "Why do we have to do what the guys do? Why can't we just do our own thing?" Yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. time she's like, "No, no, no. We have to do it this way. <laughs> we have to do it better." That's <laughs> just a really funny episode. That is funny. We are good, and we're going to get into all that next week. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So there is potential, and uh, it sounds like. George has said it probably wouldn't be called Oceans 14. You know, okay. he just mentioned that, which means they're already batting around I, the I title. Know, I know. This is like basically done. And right? the idea is uh, there's an old movie um, called Going in Style, which is about like older guys robbing something or someone. Love it. So that would be maybe kind of the homage kind of idea where okay. it's like we're all older, one last job kind of thing. Has these three movies been written by the same person? No. Oh, Okay. Um, no, I believe they've all been different. And I'm also realizing I forgot to look up what the other writers did. Um, so I'm pulling that oh. up right now. Um, and maybe you could tell me about any new actors in the series. Yeah, for new actors. Well, have we covered Pacino? No, we have not. And, and everybody knows who Pacino is, but could you, could you, for my sake, could you give me like four before and four after on this? Yeah. Hold on. We're both uh, looking up stuff now. In, insomnia on. Is? Insomnia on would be perfect okay. for me. Okay. Well, okay, in 2003, he's in The Recruit, um, The Merchant of Venice, uh, a video game. He has he Scarface in a video game. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, in 2006. 88 Minutes is also in 2007. I remember I watched, I remember that movie. I remember that movie, too. Um, and then so that's the same year as Ocean's 13. 2008, Righteous Kill. That's okay. him and De Niro. 2010, You Don't Know Jack. Which is you a TV movie. Well, and and we never knew who he was. We never knew Jack. You don't know him. You can't. Jack and Jill, apparently, as Al Pacino. So okay. I have no reason to watch that movie now that I know that spoiler. Stand up guys. And that's you know, generally covering what you wanted. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, um But of course, guys, Godfather and Serpico, uh, leave the gun, take the cannoli, yada yada yada. Um, and then, well, so before we get off Pacino, I just wanted to say that growing up, I believe that this was probably how I was introduced to Pacino and he's quite flamboyant in this movie, Mm -hmm. but I've, I've heard, you know, critics and people who talk about Pacino who grew up with him, you know, like Godfather and on, um, and they kind of talk about how like from scent of a woman on he's, he's been just like, yeah, like way over the top. Okay. Um, and I've noticed in my watching of his movies, most of those movies you mentioned, I have not seen. I've seen 88 minutes. Yeah. 
But I know Insomnia is like early 2000s or mid 2000s. This is late 2000s. Um, and then there's some, you know, there's some stuff that falls off, but there there's some nuggets here and there. Um, and I, I have my personal little theory that I think I've solidified on Pacino. And that is not that he got crazier, but he just he just wasn't picking the right roles for a period of time. Okay. Because we watched Heat. He is huge in that movie. He is so over the top. It's bananas, and it absolutely works. Mm-hmm. There's actually moments in like Godfather in the Godfather movies where he's a little over the top, and it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, Serpico, he's big mm-hmm. in that movie. I would like to watch that movie again. I know, that movie's amazing. Who um, made that movie? Sidney Lumet. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, Dog Day Afternoon, he's oh, big. Yeah, he's big, big. Like, so... I think it's a little bit of a misnomer, in my opinion, for people to be like, oh, yeah, he really, like, sucked after Sin of a Woman because he just, like, was acting too much. Yeah. And I'm like, he's been acting too much in all of his movies, but he's been with parts that that really worked. And so I think this is a shining example of, and even in Insomnia, he's really good in Insomnia. Yeah. Um, but pretty quiet. Role. Yeah. But yeah. But even his quiet is like it's not like Jesse Plemons quiet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's still a big actor. Mm-hmm. He's Al Pacino, mm-hmm. you know. Um but in this movie, I think it's just perfect. It's like the perfect encapsulation of his like non-gangster iconic roles mm-hmm. where they really he really is playing on like everybody thinks this guy is so over the top and it's just it's just perfect casting and he is like he is in the zone, mm-hmm. and again, it's like if it's maybe, maybe if it's not Steven Soderbergh, maybe this performance is messy. Yeah, but it's Steven Soderbergh and a great cast, and so he is just like, I I just love it, and I and I don't I don't think that he has had such a fallow period as people claim by his talents. Sure, the movies, yes, but his talents, I think they've kind of always been there. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's fun in eighty eight minutes, from what I remember that from that terrible sucks. movie. That movie sucks. But he's still like he's still doing it. But you know, I'm sure he's got some sleeper. But do you know what I mean? Am I making he's any in sense? He's so many things; they can't all be good. That's yeah. Kind of, I mean, I know that there are periods. So, we, like, I agree with you. This is a period where not this, but yeah, kind of around this period. He's just got some real stinkers. But you've been acting for this long; you're gonna have stinkers. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, uh, in this is Ellen Barkin, who plays his right hand man, uh, Abigail Sponder. She uh, is also in The Fan, Drop Dead Gorgeous. The Fan? The Fan. Okay. I've seen that. What is that? That's a Wesley Snipes, Robert De Niro joint where uh, Wesley Snipes is a baseball player and then Robert De Niro stalking him. Oh, that's interesting. It's, Why? It's good. Okay. Uh, but it's not great. I think Hans Zimmer did the score I and I remember really it being score. really weird. It was a weird score. but Okay. It's like that was fun to see those two actors more okay. than a good delivered premise. She's know? also in The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. That's come up twice now on this podcast. Why is that? I don't John remember. John Lithgow's in it. Jeff Goldblum's in it. Christopher Lloyd is in it. We probably talked about it with Christopher Lloyd. And we're probably like, we got to watch this movie. It looks yeah. What's the, what's the plot of it again? I have it on Adventurer? my watch list. Brain surgeon, rock musician, Buckaroo Banzai, and his crime-fighting team, the Hong Kong Cavaliers, must stop evil alien invaders from the eighth dimension who are planning to conquer Earth. I don't need to even know who's in the movie to want to watch that. That sounds like it's a 10 out of 10 easy. 
And that, they have they do they have three of those? Because that's going on the schedule. <laughs> sure. Let's just let's just pretend there is. <laughs> um she's also in This Boy's Life, The Outlaws, Poker Face. Blah, blah, oh, she blah. was in Poker Face. Yeah. Um, would it be too much trouble to find out which ep? Yes. Probably. Okay. Her character's name was Kathleen something. Well that yeah. And then um who who else should I focus on? I think that's kind of all the newbies. Oh, the guy that plays the diamond. Okay, that yeah, that'd be great. David Paymer. He was great. David Get Shorty, Paymer, yes. State in Maine, the American president in good company. He's got to be in Rat Race, right? Isn't he Let's in see, Rat Race? He seems like he would be, right? I sh- I just rem- do no. you remember do you remember how much of a phenomenon that movie kind of was as a kid? I want to watch that again, and then I also want to watch It's a Mad, 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 whatever yeah. world. I want to watch those movies again, because I remember watching them as a kid and was like, this is awesome. Yeah. But it's awesome because my dad liked it. I remember loving Mad, 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 Mad World, but that movie, I think, is three and a half hours yeah, long. Yeah, it's so long. And it's like a comedy that's three and a half, although Three Idiots was three and a half hours long, and that's it a comedy. Is? Yeah, it's Indian, baby. They, they don't, oh, I'm thinking of They don't that, turn in no, any I'm, movies No, I'm thinking of three. a different movie. The one that has... Are you talking about Paul Rudd, our idiot brother? Nope. Come on. Uh, keep going and I'll, I'll look it up. Okay. Well, um, let me tell you about who made the movie. Okay, we got Steven Soderbergh behind the lens, both Four as... Four Lions. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's a good movie. Yeah. That's um, Riz Ahmed, right? That's probably the first time I saw Riz Ahmed. Maybe. Uh... Yeah, that is a wild... Although, that, that I feel like that'd be a tough movie to watch right now. Although, that's kind of the point, if I remember right. I mean, yeah, I think that is It was also point. made... Yeah. Um, so, directed by Steven Soderbergh, and he is also the cinematographer. If you are looking at your notes and you're going, I thought Peter Andrews was the cinematographer, see our first episode. It's his pseudonym. And then, uh, writing, we have Brian Koppelman and David Levy- Levian, and they are um, partners. They're writing partners. Cool. Um, and so they wrote Rounders, um, and then I think they also did The Illusionist. Never seen that movie. I know. That was such a... Well, that came out, from my memory, around the time as The Prestige, and it was like, which the one will The Prestige just ate, his, ate its lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Although now I'm... I'm Wait, what does it say? It says, oh, he was a producer for The Illusionist. Never mind. I'm sorry. Okay. Because I looked at that movie, and oh, I'm was like, he? he's not on there. <gasps> it's an illusion, oh, Michael. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Ocean's 13 and Rounders are the are the big ones. And I know Rounders is like a gambling movie, so oh, okay. I haven't seen it, but um, that makes sense. And then once again on music, we have David Holmes. Uh, the movie comes out June 8th, 2007. It has an $85 million budget. It makes 117 domestic and 311 worldwide. <sighs> Does pretty okay. Um... Julia Roberts and Catherine Zeta-Jones do not return for this movie because the script didn't really offer them anything of significance. Okay. Seems fair. Yeah. I don't really have a problem with it. Yeah, I think it's a little weird that, and I had forgotten that Julia Roberts is not in this movie. I think I always forget because she feels so I think you could figure crucial. out something for them to do if you felt like you needed to put them in it. Yeah. They're pretty, in, I mean, they're great characters and they work well with ensemble-wise, so. Yeah. I think I would like, I, I do wish that they were in it. Well, it, Catherine seems really easy because in the last movie, she like got with her, like met her dad. And, and she's then, like kind of like, I'm accepting this 
Yeah, so it seems like she could have come in and been like, hey, I'm running a federal investigation. Like, she could have almost been Matt Damon's dad, you know? But anyway, I'm not sure how they could have done it with Julia Roberts. I'm sure they could have figured out something, though. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know what? There is something to be said for... Uh, this is kind of an excuse I'm giving the filmmakers, but it's almost worse to have a character in a movie that you don't do anything with oh, than yeah. to not have them in the movie. Especially uh, the fe- a female character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they made up for it because Ocean's 8. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> well, we'll see. Hey, maybe maybe we'll be huge defenders of it. But a um, couple things about this movie. Um, did I tell you that they... Const- constructed a fake casino for the movie no they did yeah i mean they still shot at some casinos but a lot of it's this fake casino that they made which is cool um and then topher grace was gonna be in it but he was too busy with spider-man 3 Mm, as one is yeah um and then finally i could have saved this for the next episode but i just had the gut reaction of what i read so yes we have the Clooney news that maybe there's going to be another oceans movie but i found out something that I think is one of the silliest things I've ever heard. They are doing all baby cast. You're not too far <laughs> no, off. Dogs. No, dogs. No, 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 no. You're getting caught on the wrong thing. Uh, they're doing a prequel movie <sighs> starring Danny Ocean's parents, which of course will be played by the Barbie alum, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling as his parents. Stop it. And and I just have to... I am pissed I, off. I just have to say something. First of all, I love Margot Robbie. I love Ryan Gosling. Okay. Oh, of course. Um, but but it's a... What, what in the world is the point of making... Like, we've become so franchise-obsessed, and Marvel has, like, broken everything mm-hmm. because everybody wants a, a connected universe, and they want to be able to say, here's an Oceans movie that guarantees $100 million minimum. Just by the name. That's all studios want. They, they don't actually care about the connectedness. Mm-hmm. But what is so frustrating to me is the Oceans movies exist in our world. It's mm-hmm. just the Oceans movies. So if you do a prequel about his parents, you should just make a good movie that's about two people who have a, a son that one day becomes a thief. It shouldn't be connected to Oceans 11 at all mm-hmm. because it's going to rely on... it. To, to have a prequel in a world that's full of normal people that are just really cool and suave means they're going to have to add, like, mythos or something. But I don't get about it. Do you know it's, what I'm trying I, to say? I know that it's ocean, Ocean's possessive crew. I know that. But he it, it's so ensemble. He doesn't... he's To me, it's not like he's the main character. The, movie, yeah. the first movie, of course, like, it is a lot of pers- like personal stakes are in it. Yeah. And that's part of the conflict of that movie but then by the second movie it's you know okay it's more of a brad pitt thing but even and still movie, and this movie it's like i guess it's more of a reuben thing but but like yeah everyone it's just the one thing that why this franchise is so good is they all have their own part to play yeah so why I, that's why it doesn't make sense for me that they would make a prequel and they're like like you guys all love danny ocean the best so we're right. going to do and it it's for like, him. So it'll be a prequel and we won't see George Clooney? Exactly. Like, like we're not here because we love the pathos of Danny, Danny Ocean. Ocean. No, we're we there... like seeing George Clooney, yeah. the actor, the man, lived and breathed, wearing a tux, or in Jordan's 
preference a t- black turtleneck. Yeah. But but it's this other thing that I, I just don't need. Uh, it's something that comic books are obsessed with, which is familial relations. And yeah. even in comic books, I get tired of it. Yeah. But it's like, you, it doesn't, things don't have to be lineage. Mm-hmm. Like, like, someone can just be a thief. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you are an artist, and you write, and your parents don't do either of those two things. It's mm-hmm. not like you had, like, it had to be passed down to you. Mm-hmm. And comic books are, like, what I th- I would imagine, like, originated that. Or maybe it's it might even be, like, a Greek story archetype or something that's, like, the sins of the father or the mother yeah. or whatever. But... I really don't need to see Danny Ocean's parents in no. this series. And we already have characters who have related people that are thieves. So it's like, so ev- is this a John Wick thing where everyone's a thief now in this world? I like, just I just don't care for it. And, and you know they're going to try and do like, and this heist was bigger and better than them robbing three casinos. Yeah. Or them dueling it out with the best thief in the world. Or them taking down the richest man in Las Vegas to help his friend. Yeah. I, just, I don't care whatever they have. I know. I know. It's, it's just, it, it is so infuriating to me that this is something that's going to happen. Um, hopefully it'll fall apart. Yeah. Hopefully like, especially with George Clooney's recent comment, they'll be mm-hmm. like, let's put this on hold and let's see what this does. And yeah. 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 And then by then, you know, it's, uh, but it's just, he's directing a movie that's coming out. Didn't yeah, we just see a trailer for the it? boys in the boat. Oh, <laughs> that looked boring. It looked really boring, and I think I mean at least one review is out. David Ehrlich, and he's like, "Hey, you got to respect the guy for putting out movies like this, but this is pretty boring." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we need clones back, and then and then my final note before we get started on the movie is. We're watching this movie, and Clooney looks better than ever. This might be his best look. And I'm just thinking to myself, and you and I are Batman and Robin defenders. Go listen to our episode. That movie's kind of great. It kind of rocks. Yeah. It's the Batman movie we need right now. It is. Absolutely, I agree with you. But, you know... I mean, I don't remember George Clooney leaving that much of an impression. He's just kind of in the movie. But the movie's so zoinks crazy it makes sense but watching this movie i was like we were a little bit deprived of having like multiple Clooney batman movies <laughs> because he's so good as he's a the bruce, bruce wayne yeah you know so if if they could have really uh you know so, something that's uh split the difference between <laughs> schumacher and nolan he would have really nailed i think sure I think he's not quite zany enough for Schumacher. No. But not serious enough for but Nolan. But it's also like maybe we needed the straight man, maybe pun intended. But maybe we needed the, the straight bit because you can cut this out. But Joel Schumacher was gay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we don't need to cut that out. But, I don't um, think we we like like he was like the straight man for this crazy world. So he might work more yeah, than you think yeah. he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. And remember, he does have nipples on his bat suit. Which is great. He's going for the Adonis look. He says it in the features and stuff. I get it. Okay, but are we getting into the movie now? Yeah, let's get into the movie. I love how this movie starts. Because it's like this tracking shot. I do think, I do think though, 
Okay, so going back to Julia Roberts and Catherine Zeta Jones not being in this. Uh-huh. Um, Zeta? Catherine Zeta. Zeta? Zeta. I, I think I've heard it both ways. Kappa, Gamma. Um, yeah. Really, really early in the movie, they there's a throwaway line of why they won't be in it. Yeah. Which is like, great. Let's just like get it over with at the top. And, and, and they just said, it's not their fight. That's all he said. And I, I do think, yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny. It's not their fight as he's running upstairs. And it's like, what are we fighting for? Yeah, it, apparently, I mean, when I was researching it, like, they were saying that that was like a meta, like, kind of in joke of like, well, this movie didn't serve them well, so this is not their fight. They're not going to be a part of it, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but, <laughs> what? <laughs> but but there's part of me that, uh, that, like, because I've seen this one the least amount of times, and it's just, like, if I'm going to watch the Oceans movies, you know, I start mm-hmm. with 11. So I, I've always seen 11 the most and 12 the second most, and then this one. I'm not, I never just, like, I'm going to watch yeah, 13. Yeah. Although maybe I'll start doing that. Um, like, I couldn't remember that Julia Roberts wasn't in it. And when they said that, it's not your fight, I thought, I couldn't remember exactly how the movie went down. And so I was thinking, oh, is this, like, the last movie where Matt Damon keeps being like, she looks like, and they're like, shut up, shut up. So that it was oh, setting up later, oh, like, you yeah. know, like, another person would be like, dude, it's not their fight. And oh, then they, And then they know. bring in Mike Tyson. And it's his fight. Well, Las Vegas, Mike Tyson <laughs> yeah, fight. Yeah. No, I, I followed you. I okay. just was, it was a very unexpected I do. Okay, he so would I, save his talents for uh, one hangover. The hangover. Okay, so I like. How long is this movie? Uh, two hours. Just two hours. Okay, like two hours, two minutes, or something like that. I like how it is told. Yeah. So, um, we learn immediately that Ruben is very ill. Yeah, and and before you talk about what it's told, I just got to talk about this tracking shot. Okay. We're following someone who has like a balaclava on, and they walk into a convenience store. What? And the camera's behind them. Just just watch. You'll remember. And um, and so you're like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I'm thinking an Ocean's movie is going to start with someone robbing a convenience store. And then he, and then this person walks through this huge, oh, huge, like, break in the convenience store that goes into another room where there is a safe. And I'm just like, that's just clever right then and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. I forgot about that. And it's Brad. Yeah, and then he gets a call. He's seemingly working with his own crew. Yeah. and Okay, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Takes off his mask, and he goes, what happened? And he's like, okay. Hangs up the phone, leaves the job. He says, we're done. Yeah, and they're like just standing there, Uh and you can see that they're kind of like, what? Great. Uh, So am I wrong in thinking that? Because then we see a scene with, this is before Ruben got sick. This is when Clooney is trying to convince Ruben to not go in in business with Pachin. Um, That's a flashback. I know, I know, I know it is, but let's get to the flashback because I just to make sure. Yeah, it sounds like they're kind of arguing that. It sounds like Rusty's still in the hotel business, and because it doesn't do, he's not doing well. He still has to rob. He still has to be a thief to basically pay for that business. Yeah. Okay. I just thought I like that touch. Yeah, and I think Ruben's kind of like I don't want to, like I want to do it legitimate at this point. That's right. And so he has to partner with Pacino in order to be legitimate okay. and do this big grand thing. Okay. Um, and Danny, just like everyone else, is warning him not to do it. Yeah. Advising him. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody says that this, uh, oh, shoot, what's his name? Well, his last Banks? name is Bank. Because it's bank. the bank casino. Yeah. That bank is like not to be trusted and he screws everybody. And then, of course, he screws Ruben, which gives guess, him a heart attack. I guess something... I, I'm not a business person. It just seems so simple. Uh-huh. 
where it's uh, almost a tiny bit unbelievable where it, it's they're they're at the casino that's being built and Ruben's like so this is where our desks will be and Banks like no one desk yeah one one boardroom one board this, man ah, Pacino man I, I like the reveal and all yeah yeah but uh where you know it's like no no, no I'm just doing it all myself yeah. and you're gonna sign off and you'll get your small cash payment. Yeah. And and this is right after Ruben went rattled off all this list of like all the stuff he's getting taken care of. Yeah. And it just seems so simple that Bake is like, no, 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 that's not, that's not how it's going to happen. And it's like, what? Well, Isn't it, I, wouldn't I, it be in the real life? Not that easy. And But I know it's like money can do anything. So yeah, like, no, I, I feel like it's, it's like very, very possible and doable because we living in America, dude. Okay. <laughs> this is like the the place where as long as you have more money, you can screw anybody you want. Okay. Uh, but I also feel like if they got into the minutia, it's like it, it would probably be like complicated. Where it's I like actually on time. like I on guess, page thirteen, I well, had this like you know. I, I whatever. guess it, maybe something that feels a little unbelievable maybe is that Ruben would be in this position where it would completely gut him. Yeah, and that he would even feel the need to to open a casino with this guy. Yeah. After all the stuff that we've seen them do. I think he just loves Vegas though. He's all he's a Vegas okay. man. I'm just trying to No, no, it's fine. It's just I think this is this which is the whole catalyst uh-huh. of the story is just not it doesn't quite do it for me. Okay. Not a bad movie though. Still very entertaining. Yeah. I guess it's just one of the things you're bringing up are things that I've never questioned. And, and for me on just a personal level, it's like, I don't really care. I mean, at the end of the day, we got to have a reason to have a heist. This is it. Right. And you know what? I'm fine with that. Yeah. To to me, it's like, it's like the same amount of motive as the night Fox where it's like, I'm going to be the best. It's like, why do you want to be the best? I want to be the best. But that has more intrigue for some reason, maybe just because he's French and that, you know, we go international and the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. But but to to me this one's like okay he tried to do it he got screwed there's our premise let's go and it's fun that they're doing a revenge heist and I like that they do because it's they have to say this but at a certain point they're like you know, we're making this personal which is what you're never supposed to do yeah so yeah which they've done in all, all of, them. of them yeah <laughs> yeah um and I do like how uh. Uh, he's up there and he's like, we shook Sinatra's hand. There's a code amongst guys who've shook Sinatra's hand. And then he's like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care about Sinatra, which also it, it plays into the original or, or you know, the the f- first Ocean's yeah, Eleven. That, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Couldn't yeah. get there, though. Um, so then, um, then we also see that Clooney visits Al Pacino. And I, I guess I just kind of love how Watching these movies so close together. Ocean's Eleven, I mean, come on. It's it's great. It just, like, ticks along. The second movie's so convoluted, it's hard to keep track of everything. I yeah, love yeah, that yeah. about yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. I think that's great. But but it is, like, you really have to think. I love how this movie, it is just, like, five minutes in, and it's like, okay, we're, we're starting the heist. Like, we already have, we're, like, doing it. Yeah. So I like that the first act, per, first act and a half. Yeah. Basically going into the second act is them telling um so they're telling roman basically the plot oh yes i loved this it's montage. cool and it's pretty long yeah the, they, they fly him all the way in 
Yeah, and he's like, okay, this will be a hundred grand. If it's gonna for it's one gonna day take work. Like, yeah, another day I'll have to charge you more. But they're going through the plan, and he's like, oh, okay, so this is the problem. They're like, no, we figure that out. Next yeah, they're, yeah, they're like the roulette tables. No, 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 that's not gonna be. And it's great because blackjack. It, they're explaining to us how they're gonna do everything. Mm-hmm. Then we get to the problem, and their security system at this new hotel and casino is yeah. like AI. It is AI, yes. so it's unhackable. Yeah. Right. The only thing that could potentially give them three minutes of free time to do what they need to do is a natural disaster. Yeah. And then they figure out their convoluted ways that they can, like, create an earthquake. Right. Um, and also, before that, I just got to point it out. Um, yeah, that, that scene is awesome. And it, it's it's a great way to be like... You like this is the third time around. Like we're not gonna dilly dally here. We just need to get it going. Yeah. Um. And that's part. I love how streamlined the movie is. Yeah. I mean, perhaps it could breathe a little bit more so we could have more character moments. Yeah. You know, because that seems to be what's lacking. But even and, still, and, yeah. There's yeah. there are still a lot of character moments. It's just like maybe a couple more Pitt and Clooney jokes hanging out together would would be nice. Yeah. Um, I do like that. I feel like they do it in this one more than the other ones, but it'll start a scene and they're in a conversation. Yeah. And they're talking about a memory or someone's telling a story and or a joke or whatever. Yeah. And we're like halfway through it. I I like that. I always love when someone tells a joke in a movie and it cuts halfway through and you sit there and you're like, how did they get there? Where they're like, (sighs) so I told them the pig was under the dresser the whole time. And everybody starts laughing and you're like, the one I really like in, in this movie is, well, she told me that she liked surprises, but she doesn't like surprises. Well, yeah, and then she told me to put the towel back on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, before that, there is a flashback again of Clooney going to Al Pacino, and he's like, hey, are you going to make things right or not? And I thought this was like, after what happened to Ruben. Yes. The, the flash, yeah, but yeah, this yeah. is before... Um, all this other stuff yeah, talking yeah. to Roman about what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and he basically says, "Well, I'm gonna warn you. Like, you you be, you got to make things right." And he's Imagine like, "I'm not going horns. to." Yeah. And and he goes, "Okay then." And and Pacino's like, "Come on, you can't you can't touch me. I'm untouchable." <laughs> it's like he hasn't even seen Ocean's Eleven and Twelve. What an idiot. <laughs> so, um, then there's also the explanation of how there's this five diamond hotel awards. Uh, is she waking up again? Yeah. Let's just let her figure it out for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. We're having, we think Talia might be sick for the first time and, and. I think this is kind of a classic sleep regression. It's, it's, it's a nightmare right now. I'll be surprised if we get through this podcast, no less than 10 stops. I think we're up to like four already. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, that's the diamond awards. Bank has like five hotels and he's won it every time. And the award is a diamond necklace. Yeah. Okay. Which I think you actually, you buy, but you like won the diamond necklace, but you still have to buy it. Cause he, he, I thought he bought one anyway in celebration, but maybe oh, that, right. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's his hubris. Yeah. Kind of. Um, so, so the, the deal is the, the scam is yeah. they're going to steal $500 million from him. Yeah, they want to break the house. The house will not win this. Yes, night. that's what it is. And the whole idea is everyone wins that night. That's how they're breaking. Yeah. It. So it's like I, I do like that idea where it's like it's not about them making money. Yeah. It's about everyone making. They're money. They're occupying Wall Street, for example. <laughs> yeah. This is and and it's also cool. Um, 
because they, they have this fun device where I, I don't think we actually explained it when we said the problem is the AI thing. Mm-hmm. You're just talking. Okay. Um, we have this AI thing that, that uh, can, can analyze mm-hmm. how people react. Did you already say this? No, I didn't. Okay. We've paused it 30 times since the last time I said we paused it. Um, and this thing like can tell if someone genuinely won yeah, or if it or was fi- uh, cheating it. Yeah. or rigged. So they have to, f- what's fun is the game on this one is like, how do we get people to win and they think they won? So they have to rig all of this stuff and then they have to be the ones that don't win the money. Yeah. Otherwise it'll set it off. Yeah. Um, great. So, um, then they get a, a scene that always sticks with me as I wonder if this really does work for a lie detector. They have, um, what's his name? The tech guy. Yeah. Have a tack in his shoe. So that he's always like pushing down on a pressure point and he's always sweating and always like shaking and nervous for every question they ask. So he's consistent the whole time. Yeah. So he passes the lie detector test and is able to work there and he's going to be working on the, 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 car, the blackjack card. dealer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. Um, yeah. Um, they're also, Roman also explains that they're analog players in a digital world, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you already and said And Roman that knows the person who created this. Um, they went to college with him. Security system. So that's why they're like, well, you can, you do know how to figure, like break this or whatever. Yeah. And Roman's going, no, I don't know how to do it. But then act of God, then they think, okay, we have to fake an earthquake. Yeah. So at some point in all this, they start drilling underground so they can get there. And then Rusty goes up to Al Pacino's office as a fake, like, a seismograph reader earthquake man yeah and he's and he's, he's like, convincing him like to make changes that are too late to make or like stall his op- grand opening or whatever yeah so that they can properly read you know make yeah. the building safe and and you just love that like the the amount of things that you would have to have planned. I mean, I mean, Danny Ocean and his crew are smarter than any villain to ever grace the pages of Marvel or DC because this conversation is accounted for. Because at the end of the movie, when everyone's evacuating, he's like, "Where are they going? Where are they going?" And the guy's like, "You put in place an evacuation plan," and it's like, "Ah, even that was part of the plan." <laughs> Should we? But this is a way to get a camera in his office too. Yes, and and, and now it's time to get the baby. Yes. And just like that, we're back. And the baby has joined us. She should be asleep, totally, but she is not. And so hopefully she'll fall asleep while we're recording. Look Uh, at her. She's not falling asleep. No, no, this is going to be a long night. Luckily, I have to get up tomorrow early. It's all working out just as I had hoped. Sleep in the car? Yeah, that's true. I'm hoping to sleep. Anyway, you folks don't need to know about that. Meanwhile... Linus uh, is given Basher's letters to Saul, and he has to go read them to Saul, and he's trying to read these these heartfelt letters that are supposed to bring him back, because he's kind of in a catatonic state, mm-hmm. and um, he's too, like, Embarrassed. macho man to do it. Funny. That's funny. Yeah. Matt Damon's really funny in this movie. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And then we have this sequence where they're dirtying up the hotel, right? <laughs> Yes. Clooney and Pitt go into this specific room and they put like bed bugs there and like weird stuff in the shampoos and conditioners and all this stuff and they're dressed as maids and stuff and then they leave. 
We don't know why, right? Nope. But then... Cool montage. Oh, yeah. It, it's kind of like fading in and out. It's like you said, very Breaking Bad-esque. Not, not the montage. Well... That montage, the montage was like the very whole movie Breaking feels Breaking Bad esque, just because we. I feel like we get really in the dirt of how they're con, how they're scamming things, down yeah. to like how the dice are made, yeah, and whatnot. Um, that stuff Vince, Vince Gilligan lives and breathes. Maybe for. he saw this movie the and minutia. he's like, he's like, we gotta have this in Breaking Bad because yeah. I don't. Was Breaking Bad out by this by two thousand seven? Yeah, I don't know. I think it ended in like two thousand thirteen or something. Two thousand fifteen. Yeah, I don't think it had aired yet. But anyway, all that to say, um, they're dirtying up the hotel, and then Saul shows up, uh, getting ready for the grand opening, and he pretends that he's the five diamond guy without saying it. Yes. And so they start treating him so well. Uh huh. Meanwhile, they have a, a girl on the inside who is at the concierge, and she starts treating the actual five diamond guy terribly. Yes. And so he gets put into this hotel, and he basically like we has could the just... worst time in his life. I like by the end of the movie that they take care of him. Yeah, he's like the final shot of the movie. Um, but yeah, his whole thing is he he gets like bed bugs. He tries to get a reservation and he can't go to the reservation. <laughs> he he gets food poisoning. They, they make sure that he gets... Even they plan the food poison. They knew which dish he was going to order. <laughs> These guys are the best. Yeah, so they, they screw this this guy, and then they're they're treating Saul really well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Does that kind of conclude mm-hmm. that? Um, hopefully we Ensuring that he doesn't get the... Diamond. The five diamond award. Yeah. Um, meanwhile... That's like adding more stink to what they're already doing to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it is funny when they say something earlier on where they're like, do we really want to put somebody through this? And it's before you know what they're going to do. And so it is nice that at the end of the movie, they give him a moment. Yeah, where he wins A big like... moment. $10 million. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was funny. That reminded me of I've flown out of Vegas once or twice, and they truly do have those casinos set up like in every terminal. Wow. So that people can just keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but meanwhile, Casey Affleck is down in Mexico, I think. Yep. And where they make the dice and they're, they're dice. Yeah. They're they're making the dice there and he's obviously they're they're gonna make um dice that are what are they called? They're like weighted or something yeah. so that they yep. always hit, you know, snake eyes or whatever. Yeah. Um and while he's down there though, you know, it, it's they're barely they're not even making a livable wage. It's long hours, it's hot, there's no air conditioning. And he basically inspires the workers to, to fight for right. Yeah. Which puts a wrench in the whole plan because they need those dice. And you know what's funny? I think every time I watch this movie, I think, oh yeah, the revolt's like a all part of the plan. But it's actually not. No. <laughs> it's so funny. And then I, I love it when it gets to the t- time where they have to figure that out. Uh-huh. And they're like, well, they're demanding $36,000. And they do the math of like all the workers there. It's like, okay, it's this point, this million dollars. I'm like, no, no, no. They just want $36,000. Period. Not Period. per person. And they're, <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, that's chump change for, for them. So it's yeah. like, okay. Um, and then his brother gets down there and they finish the job. Yeah. They put, they, they edit the ice, the dice. I mean, yeah. Um, and then meanwhile, there is the Night Fox is following them the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And that's fun that he's there. I, I always forget if he helps them or doesn't. Yeah. Um, he doesn't help them. Now I will probably yeah. always remember that. Yeah. Um, 
And what's funny is Terry. So I don't think we've talked about them enlisting Terry yet. Um, and why like, do they do it? But what happens with their plan where that's like their best option? Uh, yeah. Happens? So it's like it's like the next scene. So this is perfect. Um, what happens is their drill breaks. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so they need to buy another drill, and it's like a thirty million dollar drill. Oh. And oh, and they have this great joke where they're like, "This drill." help do the channel and then they go i thought we already had that drill and they said well this one was from the french side <laughs> so they use both channel drills <laughs> i didn't really get it until now still, now, oh, now, okay, now you're okay. explaining i just was like okay <laughs> yeah um what well, if you miss them say the first time like it's the one that did the channel yeah you know? so they go to terry and they're like hey what do they mean by the french side because it goes from france to britain the channel. Oh, the channel. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's the key word that I was not putting together. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, and so they go to Terry and they're like, Hey, there's this guy and we, we want to screw him and you don't like him either. You know, it's just kind of like an enemy of my enemy is my I think friend. he says something like that man's hotel p- casts a shadow over my pool. Yeah. Every afternoon, yeah. take him down. But also, he wants to profit from it, so he's ensuring that he's gonna get, he's gonna make fat cash, and he wants the diamonds on top of it. So that, but what's so funny, they have to steal the diamonds now. And and I get it. It's fu- it's not. I'm not saying this is a plot hole. It's just funny motivation wise because he's like, you guys had to steal the diamonds, then you can do whatever you want with the diamonds. He could have just told them steal the diamonds. Oh, he doesn't want them for himself to like sell them off himself well, or anything. No, but this this is the whole thing, and I think it's just because he doesn't trust yeah. Danny Ocean, you yeah. know. But he's like, you can get the diamonds and do whatever you want. I just want them sold, or I mean, I mean, uh, taken from him. But instead of instead of just telling him to give him the diamonds because he wants them, he hires the not- Night Fox to steal them from them, so that he ensures that he gets <sighs> them. Okay, but I but I do think that I think I also missed. Yeah, I think I think the idea is he's like, well, these guys screwed me out of you know one hundred and sixty million dollars or whatever, and he's like, no, he's still bitter over it, even though they paid him back. Yeah, he's like, there's no way that that I'm gonna let them yeah. get away with this part, so I'm gonna pretend like I don't want to do it, so they won't expect it. Then the night fox will take it, and I'll have the diamonds. Okay, so that that does that whole thing, um, and yeah, he he tells them to break them in half. Mm-hmm. And I remember, so later in the movie, um, Terry is enlisted. He becomes mm-hmm. the 13th member, if you will. Um, I, 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 always, I always remember having more more of an integral role. I know, me too. I, I didn't... Um, There's this... There, I think they do it maybe one or two times, but when they cut to him and he's watching everything happening the night of, yeah, yeah, and yeah. anytime they cut to him and he's like, all right. <laughs> and I just, you can't help but think of them shooting it. Yeah. And it's just quiet and it's action. And he's staring at something that he's staring at a screen. And well, they're probably these... just showing him uh, old Abbott and Costellos and he, they're just, he's, he's responding just like, to them live. All right. Nodding. Who's on first. Yes. It's <laughs> so funny. Um, but yeah, when I watch these movies, I'm always trying to figure out, cause I sometimes feel like it changes and whatnot is like, who are the 11? Who are the 12? Who are the 13? And in the in the twelfth one, I always think that Julia Roberts is the twelfth member. Yeah. Even though Roman plays an integral part. Not really. Well, he he designs the. Um, yeah, but I don't. I don't. They hired him. Yeah. He's he's not profiting. From the. Well, job. yeah, yeah, 
But then in this movie, because I was I was kind of like, who are the thirteen? Because Julia Roberts isn't in this one. Oh, but well, Terry, wouldn't it be Roman this time? That that is actually on Wikipedia when I was scrolling through looking yeah. at stuff. It the cast is called the thirteen, and it lists all of them. And Roman is the last listed. And okay, then, and then Terry is also in okay. It. So Terry's the thirteenth. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, cool. um. But I love, and I just remember this was like a big. There's a lot of shots in this movie where I just go, that was so heavily emphasized in the trailer. Okay. So one of them was uh, Matt Damon. He got his title card. I'm pretty sure. People can check me on this, but Matt Damon steps out of the airplane and you see his big nose and okay. it would say starring Matt Damon. Sure. Um, and then there was starring Don Cheadle where he comes in in the American sure, sure, outfit sure, and he's like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. whatever. Um and then the other shot, and I think it was like the tag after the trailer, you know, when it says mm-hmm. Ocean 13 coming this day, and then it does one more little scene. And it was where he's standing there with ta- with he? Terry, uh, George Clooney. Okay. Standing there with Terry, and he's like, you ready? And he goes, I was born ready. And then he walks away, and, and George Clooney just rolls his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are good trailer moments. I know. Sure. And, and those. so every time I watch it, those those scenes specifically, like, really, like, jump out to me yeah. as, like, iconic, you uh-huh. know? Um, but yeah, so then they need a high roller to come in so that they can, I, why do they need Yan to be a high roller in the movie? Um, I, um, I'm like blanking right now. Well, they need the suite. So they get a high roller to come in to get the, a certain suite because yeah. they can get into the vent that would get to the diamonds. Yep. That's right. Okay. Yep. yep you got, you got And then it. he just bets a lot of money to, I, I think to help everyone else win. Yeah. That, yep. Based on isn't that how that one game works? What is it? Roulette? Uh, craps. Craps. Yeah, I think it is. It's like because people bet on him. Yep, that's right. Okay, y- you bet on him. So if he wins big, you win big. Okay. Wow, uh, I feel good forgetting that. Yeah, I don't get. I don't get any poker anything. Yeah. Well, that's not poker, but well, yeah. you know what I mean. Gambling. G- gambling. I don't yeah. get gambling. <laughs> Roulette is the one. The circular one. The where the ball wheel. goes around, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Roulette seems like the easiest game because you just like craps bet. always seems fun in movies, but I don't get it. Yeah, maybe I do get it though, based on what I just said. I think your your dad. It, it, it's just sometimes with with gambling games, yeah. it's like, is it really that simple? And usually it is. Yeah, and then there's always like a ton of strategy that, well, especially with poker, but like, yeah, strategy gets complicates it. Yeah, that's the thing. The the one thing though that so. I went to a casino last year, and it was, like, my first time at a casino. It was? Like, gambling. It was? I, I've been to Vegas, but I was I didn't do any gambling. Oh, okay. I was, like, seeing a show, and then we played some shows. Have and you stuff. ever done, like, a slot machine before? No. Oh. So, um, we were there, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to just do slots, because that's easy. I want to I wanna play a game, so I'm going to play blackjack. And so I, I was like, okay, I'm, I got 50 bucks. I'm just going to do 50 bucks. And the thing that stunk, and, and Evan, who was with us, uh, agrees about blackjack, is it's really fast. So yeah. it's like, it was like, I was at, sitting at the table for like 10 minutes, and then all the money was gone. Yeah. So it's, you can't like savor it. Yeah. Unless you start like really winning. Right. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, there was a couple times where I was like, hit me or whatever, and the person's like, uh, really really and i was like okay don't and they're like yeah okay oh because i did say like i've never played this before i don't know what i'm doing and so they kind of like kind of helped, helped me and then there were people at the table that were kind of like they were they were very nice but they they were also kind of like oh dude 
no, 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 no. Like <laughs> oh, a couple, okay. a couple times when I was like, oh yeah, do this thing or something. <laughs> and I try, I looked it up beforehand how to play, but yeah. I, I but didn't. But there's a strategy, so it's like yeah. even if you think that you know what you're doing, someone who's more experienced is like, N you. I guess you could, but it'd be yeah. stupid. When and your dad always talks about how he would gamble with your dad. Yeah. And your Wait, no, or, with, or with your grandpa, and your grandpa would go to the craps tables. And he would just start shouting out all these phrases. Yeah, but do what? And he's I like, I remember this. Yeah, and your dad's like, we had no idea because he was with his friend. Like, we had no idea what he was talking about, but it was like one of the most fun things to witness. <laughs> so he's trying to drive excitement to get people to bet on him. I, well, I think he was saying like expressions, you know, like oh, like the equivalent oh. the equivalent okay. of like hit me or like stay. And I think but like my the dad saying he saw a side of his dad he had never seen before. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> And thus a new gambler was born. Oh. <laughs> um, but then in this movie, we see the FBI gets called. Mm -hmm. And they start getting involved Played by in Funkhauser. Yeah. But what's his name? Is that his name? Isn't he play himself in Curb? I think so. I'll look it up while we're talking. Um, but it was funny because you had forgotten that that was Matt Damon's dad. Yes. In the movie. Yep. And uh, it is. It is. Are you going? Yeah, Marty Funkhauser. Okay, yeah. Um... And I remembered that, of course. So him and uh, Cher Cherry Jones are married in this universe. Yeah. So I think that's fun. I know earlier I had railed against the lineage of thieves, but it's done well and funny. Well, they, in these they talk about him, his parents, since yeah. movie one. So I'm I don't have an issue with this. And it's not a prequel movie. No. Come on. So, um, let's see. Then the movie's. Clipping along, and then they're talking about Ruben in the Vegas morning as they get the reprise of the Fountain song from Ocean's Eleven. Pitt and Clooney, like, walk by the fountain. It's not mm -hmm. on. It's in the morning. And then you're hearing the bung, 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 bung. Uh, but it's Synths and Rhodes this time. So oh, it's cool. kind of updated and a little bit different. Rhodes are a type of, like, they look like a keyboard but they just have like a specific sound oh, okay. that you hear all the time. Um, but yeah. So, so then they do it. Then they do the heist. And yeah. I know we've been talking about it. Yeah. Kind of the, the fun thing about these movies is as they're explaining it, it is kind of actually happening. Uh -huh. There's not a lot of like, they explain what they're going to do and then you have to sit through what they're doing. So was this the movie that you, cause, cause when we watched oceans 11, you had said that one of the movies you remember, like it's going along and they're explaining everything, and then kind of halfway through, you're like, oh, it's happening. I didn't realize that. I want to say that was the first movie. Okay. No. Because I do the feel like... The second movie. I don't know. I think they all kind of do it, and I yeah. just think it's always one movie. Yeah. But I think it's all of them. It's I, kind of the template. I kind of feel like the first half of this movie does feel... It feels like they're explaining it, but then once it says opening night... That's when they do it. You're like, you're like oh, all that stuff that they explained, they did. Yeah, so it's definitely not this movie. Oh, no, I was saying it kind of feels like this movie in a way. Because the first hour, it's they'll be like... what you just described. No, no, no the, hang on. The first hour, they'll be like, we need to do this, 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 and this. And then by the time they say the grand opening, all those things were not like hypothetical. They did actually do all of them. I understand. Yeah. I meant it more as the movie... The, it's like... I don't feel like explaining it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep going. <laughs> um. Yeah, so then they're they're getting started the night before. Um, I like that they keep joking about soft openings and grand openings. Yeah. So this is the grand opening. 
Yes. That's the whole point is they wanted to do it on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is that scene the day before where uh, George Clooney's watching Oprah <laughs> and he's <laughs> crying and, crying then Brad and then Brad Pitt and him in. just stare at the teeth. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so funny. Again, movie star stuff. Yeah. And, and there's <laughs> also <laughs> when, when Brad's like, are they really getting that house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not just about the house. It's like what it's doing for these kids and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah. And like the, the camera also dollies into like the glass, the fisheye lens that you look out when you're the in your hotel, yeah. the people. And I, I couldn't like wrap my head around how they did that. Do you think it was a specific that. lens they were using? I don't know, but it looked so good and it was kind of nuts. Yeah. Um, we also get the great quote, the nose plays, oh, the nose plays, when, when Matt Damon asks yeah. them about it. The nose plays. Oh, the nose plays. <laughs> That's what Brad Pitt so says. So his, they, they, through some finagling and figuring things out, they have to kind of alter their plan. <laughs> oh, it's because of the diamonds. Uh-huh. And one of the things they have to do is seduce the, his right-hand man, the lady. Yeah. And Matt Damon's like, I'm ready. I'm doing it. I'm so deep in Petri- Pepperidge, I don't even think I just react. What is Pepperidge? That's the name of his the person he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> that is well, your so nostrils funny. flared when you laugh. <laughs> that is so funny. Much like Matt Damon's fake nose. Um, <laughs> drop my phone again. I got it. Um, so yeah, he has to seduce this woman who's known to be a bit of a cougar. And and when yeah. they're like figuring it out, it's like, okay, Rusty will do it. And, yeah, and yeah. Matt Damon's like, no, 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 it's going to be me. And they're like, okay, and then Rusty can do that. And he's like, no guys and then he says the quote that you said um and they let him do it all of that stuff is so funny so yeah. they, he puts on pheromones and she is like so funny now with her coming after him the, the pheromones we we both said oh yeah that's the most unrealistic thing it's real Would- no, no no we didn't say it was unrealistic i just said by that point in the movie this feels like the most fantastical one out of the three yeah well let me tell you about a website called Dot com. Whether you are in a committed relationship or you are still looking for the right woman, the Gilroy is safe to use every day. Dab a little on after your shower and you will find yourself attracting women wherever you go. Ugh. It doesn't mean you have to entertain the thought of dating women you meet, but it will give you the opportunity. However, it is important that you don't add too much. Once you put it on for the day, don't add more unless you completely wash off the first application to avoid repelling women. <laughs> the Gilroy isn't just a fictional product that was used in a film to further the plot. Instead, it is a real product offered by True Pheromones. This powerful mixture of pheromones provides you with all the benefits of the individual pheromones that are included in the product. Are you on the website, business website? Let yeah, it, it is safe to use every day and can help you find the woman of your dreams. If this oh product gosh. doesn't work for you, we guarantee it. Just like all our other products, you will find the woman of your dreams or you will get your money back. How you much? You look at the website. How much? Oh, I don't know. Um... $20 off your 20% off your order. Okay. I'm actually going to beep out the name of this website because I don't want them to have any sort of uh <laughs> um promotion from this podcast. But what's what's funny is I am now going to have to live with uh Instagram ads, Facebook ads, Google ads, everything telling me about pheromones. Doesn't give me prices. I'm so curious how much these things are. I don't. I don't think. I think it's kind of like a snake oil thing. I don't think oh, it's yeah. actually a re- a real thing. Recommended for use in these settings: workplace, school, bars, restaurants, shopping malls, gym. Does it say like not at church? Jenny, thirty-one from California, says oh, no. true essence, a must-have. Be careful with this one. 
And the pictures of these people are not real. Yeah. Absolutely. Are they like so insanely hot? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marcus, 36 from New York, works like a charm. Never go without it. <laughs> you know, you know what? If it does work for anyone, the only thing it's doing is it's boosting someone's confidence. So they're being more confident and maybe they're, you know, slinging some dates. <laughs> this, this is a five star. I wear this every time I leave my house. Never know what could happen. And you know they're fake because for some reason, every sentence, every everyone, okay, the first sentence uh -huh. always ends in a period or an exclamation point. The second sentence has no punctuation at all at the end. I wonder, could you scroll down to the bottom of the website and see where it says the company's from? It doesn't say. Oh, it doesn't say like TM. It just says copyright 2023. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So... So he uses pheromones and she's basically ripping her clothes off. Um, and he convinces her like, where can they go? That's more private. Yeah. And they go up to the room with all of the diamond necklaces. And he, while she's getting drinks is setting charges around yeah. the display. And just to finish off the diamond thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, then his dad comes in, arrests him. You don't know it's his dad yet. And then they get in the elevator. I like what they say. He's, this man is known for, seducing women of a certain age yeah yeah <laughs> and then he rips off his nose and she has a big reaction to that <laughs> and then they get in the elevator and you see him like the shot is his handcuffs and he undoes them and they start kind of like arguing like him and his mom yeah he just says something like if your mother would have seen that like she would have been he, a, like appalled yeah <laughs> and then they get up there and he's got the diamonds around him and it is funny because i think the first time you're just like, when did he switch yes. out the diamonds? Yes. Like, that's so weird. And then, uh, did you notice the night fox in the shot? No, you asked me while we were watching. Oh, I couldn't remember. Um, <laughs> that was like three days ago. <laughs> and and like 37 baby wake-ups yeah. in this recording. Um, But the night fox, like, come, he's like dressed up as the, out, the outline, like, design on the hotel. Uh -huh. And then he walks out, and he's got a gun. Mm -hmm. He steals the diamonds, jumps off of the building. And then a it helicopter him, it's pulls a up. The gun's not even loaded. Yeah. But yeah, he um, yeah jumps off the building and then cr Crasher? Basher. Basher. Comes with a helicopter. They explode the charges. They get the diamonds. Yeah. Funny. Awesome. Yeah. But before that, um, Clooney comes in and he, Clooney brings in all of the whales that he got out for, to, to stay out of opening night. And he brings them in. And he got them to stay out? How? He, like, paid them off. Originally, did all this he other did? Stuff. Yeah, he was like, don't go to the opening. And then he he comes with them. And okay. when he walks in, it's like, holy cow, this movie star is a movie star. Oh, my gosh, he's star. wearing a tux. He looks great. He looks incredible. I mean, this is his best-looking movie, I think. They're all... Each one's better than last, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But um, then Al Pacino's like, okay, I will give you 10% 10, 10 of, 10 their, of their uh, losses. Losses. And he goes, he goes, no, I, I, you think I'd bend over like that for, like, this is for Saul. I'm, I'm screwing you. And he goes, 20%. And then he goes, okay. And it's all part of the plan. So the whales come in, and they're now going to bet. And he and he's going to get 20% mm -hmm. of their losses. But then um, they, yeah, they kick out the five diamond guy. They have the Gilroy scene, which I also mentioned is shot very old school. Like, it looks like how an old, What's like. Gilroy? The Gilroy, the pheromone thing. Oh. Um, it's shot kind of like 
an old romantic movie would be shot in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, and then throughout all of this, they just keep showing this that there's like a stunt driver. They just keep showing it and showing it. Mm-hmm. Much like the bag in the second movie. And you're kind of like, okay, what is the stunt driver thing? So then they trick the stunt driver so that Don Cheadle can get in this outfit so that they can edit all of the FBI he, he can distract pictures. Bank while... Uh, our, our computer dude has been arrested by the FBI, uh-huh. which means they got to get someone else to alter everyone's faces. They get Casey Affleck to do it. So he's down there with his brother. It's so funny altering everyone's face. And then I love afterward, his brother, I think is Virgil or something. You know, he compliments him. is like, you did a really good job there. He's like, yeah, that's why they didn't ask you. Yeah. And they just, their ba- classic banter. He's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I'm just trying to give you a good compliment. And yeah, really, really good. Yeah. So then Basher. Yeah. Oh, you just said that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, funny scene. Yeah, and then throughout this, they have, they 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 basically, like, they fake the earthquake, they trigger the AI to turn off, because Al Pacino goes in there, he's gotten the Nokia phone from the Five Diamond Award, I think he thinks it's Five Diamond, no, 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 earlier in the movie, he'd, he'd ordered the Nokia phone, because he said, I want the first one ever, and I want it. Who from who? Because I thought Yen had, like, a relative... That worked at Samsung or something. Yeah. And that's how they like made him this special phone. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's a, it'll like turn off the AI. Yeah. So, um, he goes into the AI thing because he's like, did it shut well, down? That, did it shut down? I don't think down? that turns off the AI. I think it just disrupts it because it's the, well, it has to reboot. It's the earthquake that makes it shut down. No, it's not. It's not? No, no. Because the oh. earthquake goes and he runs in there and he's like, "What happened? Oh, what it happened?" Oh, keeps him stuck in there. And 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 they're like, "Uh oh, it didn't." And and you're seeing the the oceans crew and they're okay. like, "It didn't work. It didn't okay. work." But then he goes in there and he gets a call and the guy's like, you, "How do you have service in here?" And he's like, "I got this sweet phone." And the phone is the the thing that they had that Roman had mentioned a long oh. time ago, which is like a nuclear blip oh, machine okay, or something. Okay, okay. So then it shuts down the AI. I like before that, you see. Uh, Brad is at a slot machine, leaves a coin there, yeah. and this woman comes and puts it in the slot, and she wins like thirty thousand or million dollars. Yeah, and the AI is seeing if it's ac- or, uh, <laughs> authentic. Yeah, and her pupils dilating, her heart rate's going correctly. Like she it's actually an authentic win. Won the money. Yeah, yeah. And then it shuts down, and when it shuts down, they're all locked in the room. Yeah, for three minutes. Yeah, and so then in this three minutes is when they have to rob the casino mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of fun it's like the people win yeah it's not the oceans so although they are like they have the the rigged dice with the lighters um yeah or so, something with the card machines yep the ca- card and the roulette counters, wheel roulette wheel oh yeah the little balls they use i do like that one guy that they got earlier where Clooney's like we'll need your help but you'll know when we need it yeah and so then it, later on i think bernie I don't know if it was him or someone else came up to him and was just like, here are the, the new yeah. things. And he might've given him money. And he's like, this is the time. And then it just starts going. And then it's a great thing that you've, you've, I love this. is one of my favorite scenes. It's a, like the cameras panning all throughout the casino and there's dollar signs by everyone's heads on how much money they're winning. Yeah. So good. I love it. And so they definitely clear the 500 million. They're trying to steal. Steal. But then their exit plan, they have to make it seem like an earthquake. Otherwise, everyone's just going to bet this money, mm-hmm. and the casino will still win. And they they do That's it. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. So they do it, and then it's not quite enough. And then they're like, Basher, like, 
go to town, make mm. this thing shake. And then he's going and it starts really shaking and he's trying to shut it down. And then you have Brad Pitt be like, looks like our luck turned around. Let's all cash out. And so everyone starts running and they're like cashing out their chips and stuff. Yeah. And then Al Pacino gets out and he runs and he goes to the wait, front. Wait, wait. I like that they had the one guy from the first movie. I think they also used him in the second movie, but the guy in the first movie that yep, beat yep. up Clooney, he was there. And it's almost like they, you know, he's an old friend. They tipped him off and they were like, hey, if you want to make a lot of money this night, come yeah, here yeah. this night and do this thing. And he probably made millions of dollars. Yeah. Hilarious. And so then they, they all run out. Pacino gets out. It's been three and a half minutes. He goes to the front and he talks to like his head, you know, like, like get it right back in here. And he's like, it's the evacuation plan that you. Yeah, that we you... have to follow it. Yeah. Which Russ had got him to do mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then he sees the helicopter fly away with yep. the diamonds. And he sees Clooney walk out. Yes. And Clooney's like, you shook Sinatra's hand. Yeah. You don't you don't forget about that or disrespect that or whatever he says. Yeah, and then and then he says something like, I, you know, I'm going to hire guys to get you. And he says, I know all the guys you'd hire to get me, and they like me better. <laughs> Basically, like, this guy comes into this town and thinks he can just buy it. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, this is our town. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, this town by Frank Sinatra plays as fireworks go off and we see our characters. And... um and then we we get we meet up with Saul again, and he thanks Basher. He says the letters are what brought him back, mm-hmm. which is sweet. very cute. And then um, Terry's on Oprah because they donated his money to. Well, uh, Terry, you know, realize or we see the Night Fox. I think Clooney or Rusty is on the phone with Terry, and is like, "You think we'd actually let you steal the real diamonds?" And then we cut to the Night Fox, who's just on the street. Uh-huh. just had stolen the diamonds he sees the helicopter throws sees the it, diamonds checks in the, the diamonds and he's like oh my gosh and just throws them <laughs> in the dumpster and then the money that was actually they agreed to pay terry from all of this uh-huh. it's like where's his money well they donated it to charity so yeah. it's not like he's gonna take the money back yeah and um which I, by I the love... way if they do do this next movie they they have to team up with the night fox i think oh i agree but i love the line when terry's like is this supposed to make me happy and I think Clooney says, well, it sure as shit isn't sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just leaves. It's so yeah. funny. Um, and, and, then then, he, and then he's on Oprah. Looking great. Yeah. Even yeah. on Oprah. I know. And and then he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm working I really, with It's this. really always just about the kids. I'm always thinking about yeah. <laughs> how we can help the kids. It's so funny. And then the five diamond guy is still trying to get out mm-hmm. of Vegas. And I guess the implication here is that they planned they they've been stalling to keep him there so that they could get this this machine rigged so that they they could then make this guy win money. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> and he does and then it's over. Mhm. And that's the Ocean trilogy. It's great. I do think this is the weakest one like I said. Yeah. I think it's less funny it's yeah. less funny than the first two yeah still so entertaining still so fun to watch great people to look at uh-huh but yeah yeah it lacks just a bit but it i don't it doesn't bug me no you know? I'd, I'd i'd watch it again yeah yeah and um yeah these movies are great I, I hope this episode wasn't too crazy but we literally had to stop so much because of the baby baby was we got a teething, teething baby with sleep regression getting over a little cold so it was it was t- there was part of me that was like, do we just not even do this episode? <laughs> and uh, I never get pushed to that point. But I, I really was kind of like, do we just skip this one and just do Ocean's Eight next week? I don't know. 
Um, if we're going to skip an episode, it better be Ocean's 8. No, I know. That's part of it where it's like, do I really want to treat my one of my favorite movie series like this? So I'm looking at the calendar. And of course, on Patreon, you can listen to our episode on Tron as we begin our MPU The Legacy or MPU Legacy and talk about legacy sequels. Um, get us to 50 patrons and we'll release our Pixar podcast. Uh, next week it's Ocean's 8, and then the week after that we start a new series. It's a trilogy of horror movies. Mm, you know what it is? I must have picked it. You did, my friend. Trilogy? Oh, um, The Ring. The Ring! Yeah. We're going with, with the Gore American. Vabinsky. Yeah, American version, not the Japanese. Yeah. Uh, yes, hit, kicking it off with Gore Verbinski. So, uh, you know. Check it out, the, your local library. And for those of you that are squeamish, I think they're PG-13 movies, so. Yeah. But the first, I've only seen the first one, and it was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that that video, it genuinely seems like you're not supposed to watch it. I don't know uh-huh. how, we'll talk all about it yeah, in we'll a couple weeks. But uh, the, the Amber um, Tamblin stuff at the beginning is bone chilling. Don't remember how it. it was so, shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, folks, give us a rating on Apple. Okay. See you next week. <laughs>